Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. How many thankful for Jesus? Amen. That's what I'm talking about, Grover. Grover's always excited about Jesus. I love you, Grover. Uh, Amen. I'm excited for Jesus. We're going to look to Jesus today. How's that sound? We're going to talk about the topic of forgiveness. I know Andrew talked about this a couple weeks ago. I want to take more of a, like his message was amazing. I encourage you actually to go back, revisit that message on forgiveness. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. Of why? Right? And even Jesus saying, forgive us of our trespasses as, as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. Um, so go back and listen to that. Today I want to dive into a little bit of what is forgiveness and what it's not. And what are the effects on us if we don't walk in biblical forgiveness? Um, and so as I start, I just want to, I'm already about to cry, don't know why. Actually, I do know why. Uh, I've already preached this once. I'm already primed. I'm already ready to go. I'm already crying, everything. So if I cry a lot, just that's why. Um, no, but honestly, about, about six months or so ago, uh, we were in a discussion with a, a friend, and we had a mutual friend who was hurt really bad uh, by, by a church. Anybody here? Church hurt a little bit? I see yeah, we've all felt that. Uh, and I felt like the Lord told me, I want you to study forgiveness. And you guys are going to have to bear with me. Because as I've studied this, not only has the Lord convicted me and I've had to repent, but He's given me so much compassion for His people. And I'll even stop this today. I love you all so much. I love this church. I love this family. I love being here. Katie and I have been here for almost three years, and I am so thankful that God brought us here. We've learned so much. We've grown so much. We've met amazing people and got to do life with some of you. And so I I just want you to know that I love you all a lot. That's not in my notes, okay? That That was just extra. But so I've been studying this. The Lord's been convicting me. He's made, he's not made me. He's had me, led me to make phone calls, uh, have meet, meetings of just telling people, hey, I, I repent. Like, I've wronged you. I'm sorry. I've had to forgive people. I've had to let things go. I've had to pray for people and just bless them, even though they've hurt me really bad. And so it's been a really good and a really hard six months. Uh, and I say that to say this. No one's exempt from this. There's not a person in this building, not an elder, not a staff member, none of us are exempt from forgiveness and walking in forgiveness. So hear that. I'm up here, not because I'm an expert, but because God told me to come teach this and because, here I, well, he said so, so here I am. So don't look at me as like I'm perfect and I have this together. I know God is still dealing with my heart. Even as I speak, he's dealing with my heart, Okay. And so I want you to know that. I want you to hear that. I grew up as a, a pastor's kid. My parents are actually here. I'm thankful they're here. They did live in Florida, but now they're back. Praise God. You can say praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
Uh, and so my brother's here. We were, uh, we're, so we're pastor's kids. And when you're raised in the church, you see a lot. You feel a lot. You hurt a lot. And you hurt a lot of people. Um, and one thing that I've noticed in churches that are common, not just from being raised in a church, but having been to other churches uh, in other states and just being around the body, one thing one of the things that's in common with every church I've been to is there are hurt people who are angry and bitter and resentful. In every church we've been to, those people have been in attendance. And I am one of them. And maybe you have been too. And so I say this to say, this isn't just a message to preach to you because the enemy likes to seclude us and make us feel like we're the only ones and we're on an island by ourselves. We have all been hurt. We've all had to forgive and we will all continue to have to forgive. Amen? The good news is we just watched the short little video of how Jesus came, died, and rose again. That's our hope. That's our example. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we're looking at forgiveness and we talk about what it's not and what it is, some of these tasks are going to be very difficult. I'm going to give you things and tell you things that you must do biblically that you're going to be maybe mad at me. But please don't be mad at me. I'll forgive you anyway. <laughs> this is Bible. And so I want to start with this. Forgiving someone who has hurt you or betrayed you is one of the hardest things we are told to do. Since Jesus walked out total and perfect forgiveness, we can look to him as our example. So Jesus, looking to Jesus is the only way we're going to walk out biblical forgiveness. That's it. There's no other way. The world hasn't figured it out because they can't. They can't. It, only through Jesus. So there's a few things you must know and you must keep in mind as we go through this teaching. Um, and I'm usually more of a preacher. I like to just, whoo, but today is teaching. Uh, so bear with me. Um, but there's a few things you must keep in mind as we go through this. Uh, and before we get there, I do want to pray, and I do want to offer you some good resources, because I will forget. Uh, I'm pointing theirs if they're up there. They're not going to be up there. Uh, the first thing, and write this down. If you have a book or a, a journal or whatever, write it down. If you have your phone, pull out your phone. I want you to write these resources down before I pray, because like I said, I'll forget to tell you if I don't. The first resource, which I highly recommend on the topic of forgiveness, is a book called The Total Forgiveness uh, by R.T. Kendall. And it's, I, would, uh, I would recommend getting the revised and updated version. That's called Total Forgiveness by R.T. Kendall. The next thing is an article by a guy named Neil Anderson. And it's called The Cost of Forgiveness. Neil Anderson, and it's called The Cost of Forgiveness. Um, if you like watching teachings or podcasts, Matt Chandler of the Village Church did a good, a really good series on biblical peacemaking. Uh, he has two, there's two teachings on this specifically on forgiveness uh, that I would recommend listening to. You can see it on YouTube. It's Matt Chandler, Village Church, uh, and the biblical peacemaking. Uh, and of course, the best resource of all, can anybody guess it? Hey, amen. The Bible tells us everything we need to know about forgiveness. Um, so let's pray. Pray with me. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. 
I thank you that we are forgiven. I thank you, Father. I thank you that you forgive us. You are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins when we repent. And you cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So I thank you, Father, that we get to come before you forgiven, made whole, restored. In Ephesians, you say that we have been raised, we've been made alive with Christ. We've been raised with Christ and now seated with Christ in heavenly places. So I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you today, Father. Your word is alive and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I thank you that your word today will cut us deep in the depths of who we are. And Father, that you would convict us, that you would challenge us, that, you would, that we would walk and live more like you. Jesus, you prayed in John 17 that we, the body of Christ would walk in oneness just as you and the Father are one. Lord, we can't do that without forgiveness. And so I just thank you that you would humble our hearts today. We humble ourselves before you. Father, help us to be doers of your word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. And Father, I just thank you that every person in this room will not be condemned, but they would feel your conviction. Father, that they would feel your love and your good pleasure for them and in them. And Holy Spirit, I even ask that right now, that right now in this moment, that every person would feel your love. Lord, knowledge is not enough. It's knowing you and following you and obeying you. So may we hear your word, accept your word, and bear fruit with your word. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, I just want to clarify, I'm not an expert on this topic, but I have studied a lot and I have a lot to learn. But I sure tell you what, the more I read scripture, the more the Lord convicts me and there's a lot of hard work I've had to do. And I know there's more to come. Amen? All right. So there's a few things you got to keep in mind as we move forward here. And the first one is what I just prayed. You are loved and forgiven by God. Say, I am loved and I am forgiven by God. That is true if you're in this room and you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You are loved and forgiven by Jesus. Amen? This isn't in my notes, but, it, but this, is, this is true too. I want you to understand too, forgiveness is not a salvation issue. We are saved by grace through faith and the work of Jesus, okay? What we're talking about today is an issue that will actually block and hinder your relationship with Jesus and your calling and your effectiveness on this earth. See, the enemy wants to come in. He can't steal your salvation, so what he wants to do is steal your effectiveness as a believer, Jesus wants us to be his ambassadors. He wants us to bring those who bring the kingdom of God on earth. And if, any, if Satan can get in and, do the, and stop that in any way, he will. So please hear me. I'm not talking about your salvation this morning. I'm talking about your fruitfulness as a Christian. I'm talking about your intimacy with Jesus, which if I'm honest, should be the most important thing in our lives. I'll say it again. Your intimacy with Jesus should be the most important thing of your life. I'm going to say it one more time because it's that important. Your intimacy with Jesus should be the most important thing of your life. Thank you. I, I want a lot of amens today. Not for me, because I'm talking about, but for the truth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so you are loved. Amen? 
Uh, write these scriptures down, but John 3, 16, that's one we all know. John 17, 26, uh, Ed Gomes actually taught on the love and affection of Jesus, and he taught us, this was a while ago, but he taught us that the Father loves us just the way he loved Jesus. Can you receive that? Because that's true. The Father loves you the way he loves Jesus. Uh, 1 John 4, 16 tells us that God is love. And whoever abides in God, abides, whoever abides in love abides in God. Amen? So we see that God loves us. We can love everyone and forgive the worst offense because we are loved and forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can love anyone and forgive any offense because God loves you and has forgiven you and it's through the blood of Jesus. Amen? The second thing I want you to keep in mind... All sin, say all sin, is awful. See, what we like to do is, I'll use me, someone sins against me, and I'm like, that is terrible. I am angry. That person's horrible. I do that same thing to someone else. I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. Get over it, right? We like to play down our sin, but God says that our sin, my sin, your sin, is no less offensive to him than our offender's sin. Your sin, my sin, is no less offensive to God than the one who offends us. Okay, that's very important to remember as we're talking forgiveness. In Mark 14, 36, which by the way, we are in the book of Mark, and I'm supposed to be teaching out of the book of Mark, so I am. Uh, but Mark 14, 36, Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. Does anybody know what that cup is? That's the wrath of God on our sins. And this is what messed me up. You know what Jesus is praying? God, please, if there's any other way. If there's any other way. He says, all things are possible for you. Why do you think he started with that? Because God, I know if there's another way, you can do it. And you know what God is saying in this? There's no other way. No other way. Jesus was it. And that cup that Jesus is talking about is the wrath for you and for me. That wrath would have destroyed us for eternity and longer. Do you understand how harsh the wrath of God is? People in the Old Testament would drop dead. Even in the New Testament, we see Ananias lying to the Holy Spirit. And boom, the wrath of God we cannot handle. But that scripture right there, thank you, Jesus. Can you just say thank you, Jesus, for that scripture? Thank you, Jesus, that you took the cup. And so the cup represents the wrath that God had towards us because of our sin. That was ours to drink. But glory to God, we don't have to drink it. So as we talk about forgiveness, remember, what your offender has done to you is no worse than what you've done to Jesus or to anyone else. Uh, so to finish this list, Jesus became our sin and made, righteous, made us righteous. Remember that as followers of Jesus, we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places and have God's nature in us. That's so important. And it's important for two reasons. To know who you are in Christ is one of the most important things uh, you, could, you could ever know. Just ask me, I'll tell you about it. If you know me, that's my favorite topic. 
Secondly, when you're dealing with other believers, you're dealing with people that are seated with Jesus. You're dealing with people that are His children. You're dealing with people who are hidden in Christ, in God. And so keep that in mind. And the last thing I want you to think about and keep in mind is total forgiveness is a supernatural ability that is only possible because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit inside of us. Total forgiveness is a supernatural ability that we can only do through the Holy Spirit. Amen? So if you're a Christian in this place, if you're a Christ follower, I want you to repeat after me. And I want you to say it with confidence, and I want you to say it with joy and thankfulness in your heart. Say, thank you, Jesus, for taking my punishment and paying my debt. Thank you, Jesus, for showing me how to love and how to forgive. I can totally forgive because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Amen. Like I said, we're in the book of Mark, and if you've been reading the reading plan, you read Mark chapter 14 and 15 this week. Um, we just started on Friday, Luke 1, Luke chapter 1. But I want to hit, I, I'm not going to read all of Mark 14 and 15. I do encourage you to go home today and read through that. Um, and as we get started here, I want, I want us to look how Jesus handled offense. How did Jesus handle when he was wronged? How did Jesus handle when he was persecuted? Okay? And so as you can see, it's up there. Uh, Jesus was betrayed. Judas sold Jesus out for 30 coins. You know what's amazing? This is off topic. What's amazing is when you read through Mark, I think it's 14, uh, might be 13, where, uh, it is 14, where um, I think it's Mary comes and anoints Jesus' feet and breaks the ointment on Jesus. Do you know that was a year's worth of salary? And you know the very next verse is Jesus betrayed Jesus, or Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 coins. Isn't that interesting? You have one sense where this woman laid down a year's worth of salary, and then it says, well, well Judas just gave Jesus up for 30 coins. Um, which is still a lot, but it's not a year's salary. Anyway, he was falsely tes testified against. They, went, they were trying to find people to falsely testify against Jesus. He was accused of blasphemy. He was spit on. He was crowned with thorns. And when they put the crown of thorns on, they would take sticks and beat him. He was mocked. They would put it, they'd put it, they'd cover his face and hit him and say, come on, Jesus, prophesy, who hit you? He was denied by his followers. He was scourged, his wrists and his feet nailed to a tree. He was mocked while hanging there. And the worst of all for Jesus, God forsook him. The Son of God, Jesus, our Savior, said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let that sink in. This is the cup that Jesus didn't, was asking, Father, if there's any other way, but there was no other way. We couldn't have done this. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, 
He didn't stay dead, though, did he? I said, he didn't stay dead, though, did he? Amen. See, Jesus did not rebuke. He did not accuse. He did not retaliate. You know what he did? He stayed silent. So much so they're like, aren't you going to say something? Defend yourself, Jesus. No. No. All he said was Luke 24, or 23, 20, uh, 23, 34. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And I'm here to tell you, this is our example of forgiveness. There's not a wrong that can be done to you. And please take this with compassion and love because I know there are dark things that happen to people. Very dark things that happen to people. But you have to understand that forgiveness is setting you free. See, the person who offended you is not, probably not worried about what happened. You're living in the, in, the, in the torment, in the hell of their offense. And Jesus said that it says there's freedom, and it's called forgiveness. It's called forgiveness. And so there is no offense that we cannot forgive. There is no offense that we are not commanded to forgive. We are commanded to forgive everyone, everyone. Amen? Jack Deere, the guy who's going to be here next week, which, by the way, I'm very excited about. Uh, we got to meet him in Texas, and it was a, a, a conference we went to about the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and the church walking in the gifts and things like that. Do you know that man talked about friendship with God the whole time? That man just talked about loving Jesus. I left a conference about gifts of the Spirit, and the only thing I took away was, I want to love Jesus. So that's why I'm praying for this church that this next weekend we just get baptized in the love of Jesus and we are just consumed with Him. Amen? But anyway, he says, the kingdom of Jesus Christ is founded on love and forgiveness. Hell runs on the fuel of hatred and unforgiveness. I'm going to say that again. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is founded on love and forgiveness. Hell runs on the fuel of hatred and unforgiveness. So I say this with love and compassion to you right now. But if you are willfully hanging on to unforgiveness, you are fueling hell's plan. If you are willfully holding on to offense and bitterness and unforgiveness and you're not willing to forgive, you are fueling hell's assignment. But you can go free today. You can let it go today. It's forgiveness. We want to fuel the kingdom of God. How many want the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven? Then let's walk in love and let's walk in forgiveness. If we are going to answer Jesus' prayer in John 17, where we may be one as he, is the Father, he and the Father are one, we must learn to love and forgive each other regularly. Amen. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a mistake uh, I don't think Jesus made mistakes, uh, that he told us to pray that all the time. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who have tried. As we. Again, go back and listen to Andrew's message. Um, so as followers of God, we have God's nature and we have God's love nature inside of us. Amen? So therefore, it is possible to walk in total forgiveness. There are many reasons, 
that we do not forgive, by the way, which of none, none are biblical. There is no reason that you can walk in unforgiveness. One of them, though, is do we know what it is? Do we know what true biblical forgiveness is? And this is what I've been just walking with the Lord, learning and growing these past six months. And again, I'm not an expert. I'm still learning and growing. But just these are some things that we're going to talk about that I feel like the Lord has taught me, showed me through reading, studying, living. Um, and so actually there was a situation that kind of triggered me on this too. Was I was working with a young man and, and, he looked, and we were talking about forgiveness and a situation he was in and he said, I'm not even sure I know what forgiveness is anymore. I'm like, how many of us actually in the body of Christ feel that way? I know I'm supposed to forgive. How? What? What is it? So I hope that we learn that today. That's my goal. And so we're going to look at two lists. One list is a list that what forgiveness is not. I have five items. It's not exhaustive. There's many other things that forgiveness is not. The second list is what forgiveness is. And again, that is not exhaustive. It's just some things that I've read, studied, and learned. So number one, on what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness does not mean you forget. Forgiveness does not mean you forget. Jeremiah 31, 34, it says this, and this is God speaking, I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Let me ask you something. Does God forget? Say no. God is omniscient. God knows all things. He knows everything. That same use of remember is used in Genesis 8, 1, where God says, God, re, or the scripture says, God remembered Noah. God didn't forget Noah. God acted on Noah's behalf. And so when we see this, God will remember our sin no more. It says it in Psalms as well, that God no longer treats us according to our sins. He's not going to deal with you according to what you've done. He deals with you according to what Jesus has done. Amen? We should all be saying thank you, Jesus, to that. Because if he treated us the way that we deserved, it would not be what we have. Amen? So, so God knows our sins and totally forgives us. Wipes them clean. Keeps them out. Doesn't treat us that way. Amen? I think of this like an example I would use is unfortunately in our culture, in our world, their uh, women are very abused, whether it's sexually, verbally, emotionally. It's a thing, right? It's not godly, but it's a thing in our country, in, in our world. Can you imagine looking at a woman who's been abused and say, before you can consider that you've been, before you can consider that you've totally forgiven, you must forget that event. It's not going to happen, guys. You know what's going to happen? She's going to walk in shame and guilt in condemnation because she can't get the memory out of her mind. How many in this room have a, have a memory in your head of something that's really bad that happened to you? I'm surprised not everybody's raising their hands. We've all had terrible things, right? We haven't forgotten them. I have things that have happened to me that I've forgiven and I know I love the person and I have complete peace with the person, but I haven't forgotten what happened. I just don't hold it against them anymore. So don't let the enemy mess with your head and say, well, you didn't forget, so you didn't forgive. It's not true. Number two, forgiveness does not mean 
there will be no justice. How many know we live in a culture where we are very justice-focused? It's not wrong. Well, sometimes. And a lot of times, we don't want to forgive and let go because we want that person to pay, right? I'm just going to pretend like you guys are agreeing. You don't have to, but I know it's true. I'm not the only one that says this, so I know this is true. Um, Here's the thing, though. Vengeance, when it's in our hands, is ugly. It's terrible. There's things that have been done to my family that, you know what I wanted to do in response? I wanted to go find people and rip their heads off. I wanted them to pay. I wanted them to feel the wrath, right? Well, what's that do? What's that do? Maybe makes me feel good for 10 seconds and then I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I have to go repent and do all, right? What's that do? See, the beauty of God's vengeance is it brings us back to repentance. That's the goal. And see, when we take revenge and vengeance on people, we don't want that goal. We don't want them right with God. They don't deserve to be right with God, right? That's what we think. That's not how God thinks. That's not God. And so in Romans 12, 17, 19 through 19, it says, Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So I want to encourage you this morning, when you're walking in forgiveness, a step of this is let go. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Let Him deal with the offender. Let Him do it. You're only going to hurt yourself if you respond in anger. The third thing, forgiveness does not mean it's one and done. There are times when things are done to us, that we have to wake up every day and say, God, I forgive again. And then at lunchtime, we start to feel that, Lord, I forgive again. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. Because then we also have an enemy who's called the accuser of the brother who likes to come and just accuse. Right? Right? He wants us to remember. Forgiveness can be a lifetime process. So as much as you need to, every time you feel that, ah, you know what I'm talking about if you've had anger, bitterness, resentment. Just this, forgive again and again. Lord, I give it to you. Father, I give it to you. Lord, bless them. So don't be condemned when it's a thing that you have to constantly feel like, Lord, I have to forgive again. I have to say it again. Number four. Forgiveness does not mean you ignore the pain. Do not. Actually, it's very unhealthy to ignore the pain of a a wound. Can you imagine the pain Jesus felt when he was dying and God left him? The proper response was not Jesus denying that pain or ignoring that pain. He absorbed the pain. He felt the pain, which is why he cried out. And I don't think it was, 
My God, my God, why have you... I think it was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think that's what it was. Maybe not as loud because he didn't have much life left in him. But I think what was inside Jesus was like, why? Because for the first time in Jesus' life, he did not have the presence of God. He was in total hell. Matthew 18.35 says, we must forgive from the heart. Neil Anderson says this, how do you forgive from the heart? First, you acknowledge the hurt and the hate. If your forgiveness doesn't visit the emotional core of your past, it will be incomplete. This is the great evangelical cover-up. Christians feel the pain of interpersonal offenses, but they won't acknowledge it. Let God bring the pain to the surface so He can deal with it. There is where healing takes place. Do not deny the fact that you've been offended. That's not forgiveness. That's keeping yourself in bondage. That's keeping yourself broken. It is not wrong for you to feel the pain of what's been done to you. Only then, only then, only when we allow that gut-wrenching pain to surface and to feel it, can we forgive in that moment. It's easy just to say, oh, I forgive you, when you don't feel it. That's the difference, I think, between lip service and actual true forgiveness, is when you feel the pain of what's been done to you and you can still say, I forgive. Father, bless them. Father, lead them, strengthen them, guide them. Father, use them. Father, let them live like this never happened. Those kind of prayers are true forgiveness. Number five, forgiveness does not mean you are approving the offense. You're not approving what's been done to you. You're not saying it's okay what they did. You're not making excuses for what they did. God did not approve our offenses. He paid for them. He absorbed them, right? Hebrews 9.22 says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus had to pay the price for our sins. He didn't approve of them, which is actually why when he heals a lot of people in Scripture, he says, go sin no more. He doesn't approve of our lifestyle. He wants to deliver us and heal us of that lifestyle. Amen? So that is not an exhaustive list of what it is not. Just a few things. Another one I would add is forgiveness. Or uh, No, that, I'll add that to the next list. But I'll say it now because I'm going to forget it. Forgiveness is not restoration. I think I said that earlier. Forgiveness and restoration are two different things. Forgiveness is being able to let somebody off the hook, which is what we're about to talk about. Restoration is when a relationship is restored to what it was before. That's not always going to happen. It's not always going to happen, okay? So don't, don't, don't. If your relationship with somebody is not back to what it was, it doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. All right, so number one of what forgiveness is. Forgiveness means to live with the painful consequences of another person's sins. 
So you choose to live with it. Neil Anderson says this, Forgiveness is costly. We pay the price of the evil we forgive. Yet you're going to live with those consequences whether you want to or not. Your only choice is whether you will do so in the bondage of bitterness or the freedom of forgiveness. That's how Jesus forgave you. He took the consequences of your sin upon himself. All true forgiveness is substitutional because no one really forgives without bearing the penalty of the other person's sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Do you see how Jesus was our substitute? Jesus had to take our penalty, take our place. That's what forgiveness is. That's what forgiveness is. It's saying, you know what, I'm willing to carry this pain. I'm willing to deal with what you've done and bless you anyway and let you off the hook. Because you're either going to be bitter about it or you're going to be free. It's your choice. It's my choice. What am I going to do? Number two, forgiveness means to cancel the debt of others. All of our sins are under the blood. God will not put them on blast for all to see or hold them against us. We said He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? When we repent and we say, I was wrong, yeah, I was wrong. He's faithful and just to forgive. Amen? So just the way He cancels our debt, according to Colossians 2, 13 and 14, I won't read the whole thing, but in it it says, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. That's what Jesus did. He canceled our debts. He got rid of it. We don't have to pay it anymore. Again, go back and listen to Andrew's message. He talked about that. And so here's the deal. Forgiveness means to cancel it, which means you don't go around saying, you know what so-and-so did to me? I can't believe they did that. Can you believe they did that? Because we try to get people on our side and show us that we're right. Right? Is that what we do? Or am I the only one? Okay, thank you. <laughs> hey, the first step is acknowledging it. <laughs> if we can acknowledge that we've done wrong, we can find freedom. Amen? Amen? Hey, this is good news today. This is good news. There's freedom in this house today, people. I, hey, I'm telling you what, God, I feel like God is going to set people free today. There are going to be people that walk out of here that came in with strongholds, and we'll talk about that in a minute that came in with oppression, that came in with wounds, that God wants to totally and radically, supernaturally set you free today. I believe it. I believe it. It's who He is. It's the kingdom of God. Wherever Jesus went, healing happened. Deliverance happened. The dead came to life spiritually and physically. I'm telling you, if you open up yourself to the Holy Spirit today, He will bring the kingdom of God into you this morning. Amen? Your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done. So I do want to clarify something on this topic, though, of not going and sharing. See, because the other thing we like to do, too, is, hey, call up all your prayer buddies and say, hey, I need you to pray for so-and-so. Because, man, let me tell you what they did to me. And they need, they need, they need help. They need help. They, they do. And I need you to pray that God gives them help. <laughs> no, you're just in a spiritual way, trying to get people to side with you and know what they did to you. 
because uh, you want people to feel it too, right? You want oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Let's not play the pity card. Let's not be victims. We're victors. We're victors. Seriously, this is why the kingdom, of, this is why knowing who we are in Christ is important. We cannot walk around with our heads held low acting like we're the victims. That's what the world does. We're conquerors in Christ Jesus. See, here's the thing. We are not defeating the devil. Jesus already did. Jesus already did that, guys. We're just walking in the truth of what Jesus gave us. And as we walk in the truth with Jesus, we're walking in the victory that he paid for on the cross. Let me say it again. As you walk in the truth of the kingdom of God, you're walking in the victory that Jesus paid for on the cross. Don't live like a victim. Don't look for a pity party. Don't try to get your friends in on this thing. Live like Jesus. If you want to walk in the kingdom and the power of God, live like Jesus. There's no other way. Amen? And that's not being mean, guys. That's me too. That's me too. I've been preaching this at myself for six months, and I'm still preaching it. I guarantee you this week God's going to convict me of somebody I did something to. I'm serious, and I hope he does. I, I tell you what, the more I make a phone call and say, man, I'm sorry, I get off that phone call and I'm like, wow, praise God. Freedom, freedom. There's only been one time I got off the phone and felt like terrible. But honestly, it's because I wronged somebody really bad. But I dealt with it with the Lord. And every time I talk, every time, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Conflict's hard. Conflict's hard. We hate it. All of us do. Some of, most of us do. But every time, I tell you what, every time I have the conversation of, I'm sorry, that's more on the repentance, forgiveness, which is what we're talking about today. I'll hit on that in a second. But if there's repentance in your life that needs to be done, go repent. Go go deal with it. You'll feel so much better. Man, your relationship with Jesus will be open. All right, now unforgiveness, back on topic. When When you have unforgiveness in your heart, most of the time, don't go to the person and say, I forgive you. They're going to be like, what do I do? Well, see, there was this time when you said this and it was really mean and it hurt me so bad. No, we don't need to do that. Most of the time, this is between us and God. Unless you're sinned against and there's sin that needs to be dealt with in a brother or sister, guys, most of the time, honestly, if we're honest, most of the time, the offense we carry is, I can't believe they said that. And you know what, they, what you heard and what you took it as is not what they meant right? But there, are, there is some, some real, real things that people meant. Just leave it between you and God. Father, I forgive them. Would you bless them? Would you encourage them? Would you strengthen them? I may be wrong on that. Again, I'm not an expert on forgiveness. I just think with forgiveness, just keep it between you and the Lord. Keep it between you and Jesus. You don't need to go to that person and just, I forgive you. No, just Father, forgive them. I bless them. I encourage them. Amen? Are we clear on that? If you disagree, come talk to me. I don't care. That's fine. That's just, that's my belief. After reading Scripture, that's what I believe. I mean, that's what I feel. Um, now, let me clarify, though. If, and this is heavy stuff that we're talking about today. If you've been raped, if you've been abused in any way, say something to somebody. Say something. 
tell the authorities. That's, not, that, that's nothing to play around with. The person who did that to you needs to face the, the, the penalty on earth, right? Can we, all, can we agree to that? I want this to be clear because I don't want anybody leaving here today saying, oh, David said, just keep your mouth closed. No. If you've been raped, you've been abused, in any way, you open your mouth, okay? Are we clear on this? It's a very important thing. Okay, moving on. Step three, or number three. Forgiveness means to give the offender to God. Again, vengeance is not ours. Forgiveness is no longer wanting them to pay for what they did. R.T. Kendall says this, Do not allow anyone to be afraid of you or intimidated by you. So basically, when we're around someone who's offended us, we don't want them to feel uncomfortable around us. When we've totally forgiven somebody, we can be around the person and they can be totally fine. You're like, that's not justice. Well, guess what? The cross is. Vengeance is not yours, right? He, uh, he says, Artie Kendall says again, we will want them, the offender, to forgive themselves and not feel guilty. See, we want them to feel guilty. Feel bad for what you did. That's not how God works. God does, what's Romans 8, 1 say? There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. God does not want you walking around feeling guilty for what you've done, that he's already forgiven. He wants you to walk in freedom. That's exactly what this is. Let them go to God. Give it to God. Give it to him and don't carry that offense. How do we do that? We cast our cares upon him. Father, I give this to you. I give this situation to you. It's you, Lord. I give it to you. You carry it. Amen? It is not our business how and when God deals with the offender. Let that sit. It is not our business how and when God deals with the offender. That's not your business. That's God's business. Our business is to respond to the Lord when He deals with us and to love the offender. To walk in forgiveness, you must respond to the Lord in His conviction and love the offender. Amen? If we decide to punish the offender, we will grieve the Holy Spirit and it will have a negative impact on our relationship with the Lord. I'm not saying it might, I'm saying it will. It will. Amen? Romans, uh, what scripture was that? Flip my page. Romans uh, 12, 20 and 21. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Don't, become, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Doesn't that sound kind of harsh? Like <laughs> heaping burning coals on someone's head. You're like, wow. That's... The goal is, again, that they would feel the conviction of the Spirit and that they would repent and be restored to God. That's the goal. I know that doesn't feel good in the moment where sometimes some of us have been hurt so bad, we're like, man, I wish they would just burn in hell forever. Right? I mean, let's be real. If we're not real, we're not going to get freedom and forgiveness. 
But this is what Jesus would do, right? He wants them to feel the conviction, to feel the justice and the wrath of God so that they'll repent and turn back to Him. Amen? And that's what we need to desire for our enemies. One way we do that again, number five, is forgiveness means you pray for them. Forgiveness means you pray for them. Matthew 5.44 says this, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. Sincerely pray blessing and life and the goodness of the Lord for the offender. If you can do that, you are walking in total forgiveness. Amen? R.T. Kendall says it like this. And this is in that book I recommended. The ultimate proof of total forgiveness takes place when we sincerely petition the Father to let those who have hurt us off the hook. Even if they hurt not only us, but those close to us. Pray for them. Pray for them. Do you guys see how Jesus prayed for us knowing that it was us that we were the reason that he had to do what he had to do? And you guys are like, yeah, but that's Jesus. Yeah, that's Jesus in the flesh who had earthly desires. Sometimes we view Jesus as just God, big God living in a body and he had no struggles. No, it says he was tempted in every, every way, yet without sin. Guys, Jesus felt this. Even as he walked on earth, he felt the offense of the religious who were looking at it around every corner for Jesus to make a mistake or do something they didn't like. That's what religion does. It looks for something it doesn't like about Jesus and then ridicules it, right? He felt this, guys, yet he continued to love and pray. Again, heaven is fueled and, and runs on love and forgiveness. Amen? So again, those are not exhaustive list, lists. Those are just a few things. I hope that gives you... We're not finished, so don't get too excited. I hope that gives you some things that you can practically do. Pray. Hand them over to God. When you see them, bless them. Give them a handshake. I, skipped, I think I skipped one, or at least I didn't fully talk about one. One is shake their hand. Give them a hug. When they're sick, feed, send them food. Um, do something Jesus would do to the person. Sometimes it's amazing at what the smallest act of just simply looking someone in the eyes and saying hi can do. It'll break so many barriers. It'll bring down so much that the enemy's trying to do. Amen? Okay, so I, uh, reasons why. Why? Why? Why do we forgive? And Andrew talked about part of this. Jesus says to, amen, close the Bible, let's go home. Jesus says to, amen, what he says, we do. Relationship, we do it for our relationship with Jesus. We talked about that. It's hindered when we allow unforgiveness into our heart. Our relationships with others are hindered when we allow unforgiveness in our heart. Eternal rewards. When we obey Jesus, Andrew talked about this a few weeks ago, 
There is a thing such as eternal rewards that we will gain when we get to heaven. Amen? The big one I want to talk about for a moment is preventing strongholds. Andrew also, I thought it was really cool how the Lord set this up. He began to talk last week about the demonic and how there's strongholds when we uh, allow sin in our life, that the enemy can come in and cause issues. We're not to be afraid of Satan. We're not to be afraid of the demons, but they are a thing. They didn't just disappear and after Jesus left earth. They did, they're, they're still here, right? They're still causing problems. They're just not as big as God. However, with that said, when you walk in unforgiveness, I truly believe that unforgiveness is the biggest way that Satan has access to your life. That and sexual sin. And when you choose to walk in unforgiveness, that gives something for Satan to legally hold on to in your life that he can destroy things. He can, he can cause your, your, your thought life to just be destroyed. He can destroy your relationships. He can destroy your confidence. He can destroy your finances. He can destroy anything in your life when he has access. Um, so don't let that. Don't let that be. Uh, your health. This is the one too. Your health. Your health is affected by unforgiveness. Did you know that? Now, what I'm about to say, please don't hear that I'm saying every sickness and disease is tied to sin or unforgiveness, I should say. Sometimes we're just sick because we're sick, right? Sometimes things just happen because we're in a fallen world, right? But we cannot deny the fact that there is sickness due to sin in our lives and we've given Satan a door. It's not just the Christians that believe that. There's actually hospitals who believe that. Maybe not the devil part, but the unforgiveness part. John Hopkins, which is a medical center, if you're not familiar, it's a well-known uh, medical center. I didn't just pull quotes from fly-by-night hospitals or doctors. <laughs> from what I understand, it's actually very well respected hospital. Um, but Karen Schwartz, who you can see her credentials up there, I'm not going to read them all, uh, says this, and it's in an article called Forgiveness, Your Health Depends on It. She says this, there is an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. Chronic anger puts you into a fight or flight mode which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune system. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels, leading to improved health. She goes on to say, Forgiveness is not just about saying the words. It is an active process in which you make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. Uh, Schwartz says, as you release the anger, resentment, and hostility, you begin to feel empathy, compassion, and sometimes even feel affection for the person who wronged you. That sounds something like we read in Scripture. When you walk like Jesus, you begin to have love for people and compassion for people. Guys, this is a doctor saying this, right? I have doctor friends in this house right now. Hopefully they'll confirm that that was a good hospital to choose. <laughs> They're like, no, it's terrible. No, there's another one by Mayo Clinic. Has anybody heard of Mayo Clinic? Yeah? They have an article called Forgiveness, Letting Go of Grudges and Bitterness. And in this article, I, 
Uh, I want to encourage you to read all of it because some of the things they talk about, the way they handle it's not Bible. Uh, it's more their thought process. Um, but, it, but it says this. This, this part I thought was, was, is true. It says, if you're unforgiving, you might bring anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience. Become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present. Become depressed or anxious. Feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs. You lose valuable and enriching connectedness with others. Letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and improved self-esteem. And that's the end of that article. Isn't that amazing that the medical world is beginning to look into the effects of sin, specifically talking today, unforgiveness, and saying, this could cause sickness and disease that will kill you. Right? And again, I'm not saying every situation of sickness or illness is because of this. But we cannot ignore the fact that this is true. And I would do you a disservice if I would not tell you this, that Jesus, when he tells us to forgive and repent and to let go, is actually saying, this is better for you. It's not just because he wants to be that way or he just decided to make it. It's because he knows how he created us and he knows what happens when sin rules and reigns in our bodies and he knows when unrepentant sin is in us, what it's actually going to do to us, right? So we need to take this serious. I have a personal story I'm going to share, and I asked my mom if I could share it, so I do have permission to share it, um, and I will cry. I praise God that she's alive and here, so you know that I'm not crying because it was a sad ending, <laughs> but was it 2005? 2005, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was so bad, so aggressive, that when they were in the room... When they found out, my dad was telling me that the doctor looked and said, if those were my breasts, I'd have them removed today. And as she was going through the process of chemo and all the treatments and surgeries, and she felt like the Lord spoke to her very clearly. And let me remind you, they, are, they were pastors. We experienced, and growing up, we experienced a lot of church hurt. See, it's not just people sitting in the chairs that experience church hurt. It's also the leaders of the church that get hurt real bad, too. Nobody's exempt from this, remember? And so she had, the Lord spoke to her, the cancer in your heart is deadlier than the cancer in your body. And she knew and so she began to release forgiveness and pray for the person. And she said as soon as she forgave, she knew she was healed. She hasn't had any issues with cancer since. And that, that wasn't supposed to be the case. Yeah. This is real. This is real, guys. Sometimes we get so caught up in this earth that this, real, this earth seems more real than, than the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is more real than this earth. 
And Jesus is serious with his word, guys. When we take Jesus lightly at his word, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And I want to encourage you in this place today that I'm not saying you're sick because of sin, because of unforgiveness. But I'm saying we all need to seek and search our hearts and ask God to reveal anything, any offense that we are holding unforgiveness towards anyone. You have the power to forgive people. You have the ability. That's why I started the way I started. Because you're a child of God, because the Spirit of God is in you, because the nature and the love of God is in you, you have the ability to totally forgive anyone of any offense. It's not easy. I'm recapping a little bit because we need to remember it's not easy. It's probably the hardest thing you're ever going to have to do is God putting on your heart to, to, to release forgiveness to the one who has offended you. To do good to the person who hurt you. To bless them. To pray for them. And we can't sit here in this room and say, that's not me, it doesn't apply. It applies to all of us. There's not one person in this world that this, this does not apply to. And we're going to take communion today, but first... The team wants to come up, the worship team. I want, I want to give the Holy Spirit to do some work. I want to give Him time to do some work. See, Scripture is very serious about communion, and we're not supposed to take it in an unworthy manner. And I would hate to preach a thing like this on unforgiveness, and you guys, someone take communion with unforgiveness knowingly in their heart. I think it's so important to take a moment to just ask the Holy Spirit to do work. And I also want to give you the freedom this morning. If there's things in your heart that you need to take care of, maybe there's somebody you need to tell you're sorry, repent to for offending them, for hurting them. Don't take communion until you can make it right. Don't take communion until you forgive that offense in your heart. I want to give you that permission not to do it. Okay? And there is zero condemnation. We are all working through this stuff. We are all working through things. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So if you just close your eyes, I just want to spend a few minutes. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to come do work. Holy Spirit, come. You're the one who knows all things. Search our hearts. Yes, Lord. Search us, Holy Spirit. Reveal if there's any unforgiveness in our heart. Anything we need to repent of or, or repent to someone for. I know we talked about forgiveness today, but let's deal with what we need to repent of as well. Right now, for some of us, the enemy may be just messing with our heads trying to distract us, telling us we don't have to do this, telling us we'll do it later. No, do it now. Do it now. Don't harden your heart to the word of the Lord. Don't harden your heart to the conviction of the Spirit. As He says, forgive, do it now. Do it now. If there's someone in this room that you need to make things right with, do it now. 
There's no judgment. We are not going to judge you. We will celebrate with you. Holy Spirit, come search our hearts. Search our hearts. Search us, Lord. Reveal any unforgiveness. Reveal it. If I've offended anyone from saying something that wasn't you, forgive me. But Lord, let your word offend us. Let your word offend us. Convict us. Today's the day of freedom. If you've been holding on, today's the day of freedom. He's here. He wants to release you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. And we're not looking for a power encounter. I'm looking for a truth encounter where you encounter the truth of God and the truth sets you free. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus says, he, he who knows the truth, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth this morning will set you free if you will walk in it. Don't wait. And if you're here today, and I'd imagine it's a lot of us, and you've been hurt by a church, leaders, you've been hurt, you can keep your eyes, heads bowed, just let the Lord do work as I talk. But if this is you and you've, you've uh, been hurt by church leaders, maybe it's us. Maybe it's me. On behalf of church leaders, I repent. I'm sorry. Would you forgive? Would you forgive that church leader? Would you forgive and let him go? Would you give him over to God? Would you bless him? Bless him. You don't have to say it out loud. Just say it under your breath. Bless them. Father, bless those who have hurt us. Bless those who have wronged us. Bless the church leaders, Lord, that have done things and said things that were hurtful, that were not of you. If you're here today and you've been abused in any way, Sexually, physically, emotionally, mentally. Your offender is probably not going to come and apologize to you, but let me on, on their behalf say, I'm sorry. Would you forgive them? Would you forgive them and let it go? Would you forgive them today and go free? Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to forgive you. Jesus wants to, you to let that go so he can bring healing and restoration into your heart. Jesus wants to take that weight off of you. As I said, whenever I have conversations, I just feel the weight 
Or as I just sit and say, Father, I forgive them. I feel the weight leaving. I feel it. And the beautiful thing the Lord's done in my life over these past six months is he's given me so much more compassion for people. The fruit of a repentant and humble life is compassion for what he has compassion for. It's love for what he has love for. Holy Spirit, come do work. Do work in the lives of your people. Don't let us go on living in sin any longer. Father, do work this morning. If you're here this morning and your parents abandoned you, if your parents abused you, if your parents spoke negative things over you, I'm a parent. And on behalf of them, would you forgive me? Would you forgive them? Would you forgive them and let them go? Maybe some of you are in here and you heard your parents say, I wish you wouldn't have been born. Maybe some of your parents said, I wish you would have been a boy or I wish you would have been a girl. Can you forgive them and let them go? Can you forgive it? Forgive, forgive. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.